Talk Radio. Welcome to the War Room. This is Christy Lee, guest hosting the show today. Really started this time. We're giving uh, Owen a break. He's been playing double duty to cover for the big guy who needed a much-needed break. And by big guy, I don't mean Biden. That's a different one. I mean the big guy here. (laughs) So we're trying to give them a break. So put up with me for the next few hours because I am trying to give them a break. And... um, It gave me a break from doing the run I had planned today. I was just about to set out on a three-hour run. I'm not kidding. Three hours doing the marathon training. And then I got the call, hey, can you cover War Room? I was like, run for three hours or cover War Room. I think I'll go cover War Room. I am going to need to train, though. I did tell you guys I'm doing this. I'm training for the Austin Marathon. I think it's very very special to me for, for many reasons. I hate running. But I think it's a good allegory, if you will, of what we're going through right now. Just the need to push yourself, press on, even when you're tired, even when you're exhausted, to um, push your body to the limits. Um, and that's what we're doing. We're, we're pushing. We're all, at, we're all in on trying to bring you the information, the correct information, to fight back against the propaganda, the lies. And we're going to continue running. We're going to run and not grow weary. We're going to keep on pushing on. We're going to keep on pressing on it. So I, I like that as one of the motivations for uh, running. I also said I would try and do a full marathon before I turn 40. And that's just now a few months away. So <laughs> I uh, had to do it. You know, say say you're going to do something. Follow through. Um, going to run that also in honor of my brother. He passed away a few years ago. Um, reported it on an accident, found out it was him. You guys have heard the story before. Uh, did a half marathon in his honor. Going to do that again or attempt to go for the fall. So um, whenever I sit in this chair, I do share with you a verse of the day. And the verse of the day is from Philippians. And it is um, poignant with what I was just talking about. Not that I've already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This is my life verse. I love this verse. It has been such a great reminder to continue to press on, continue to try and please Jesus above all else. Certainly goes without saying, forgetting what lies behind, forgetting what lies behind, which was corporate controlled media. Um, I thought being a news anchor was my dream until it blew up in my face and it was just ended up being propaganda. Had to recognize that said no to being a propaganda puppet that is in the past, forgetting what lies behind. I'm pressing on, trying to find the truth, trying to keep an open mind always to bring the truth. Um, The only side I'm on is the side of Jesus. That is how my guiding light, that is how I'm trying to find the truth. And that's what I'm committed to. So I'm doing the best I can. So we certainly are dealing with evil all around 
and and it feels like you're playing whack-a-mole. Like every time I feel like I'm getting a handle on one issue and maybe we're making strides in that issue, then it's like, oh, something over here to to fight and bring attention to. And it's just constant, constant. So we're going to be talking about what they're doing with the election, what steps are being taken so that we can have a free and fair election, minus the cheating, minus all of the things that they're trying to do to affect that and take away our voices. We're going to be talking um, to to somebody who's really been on the front line of making sure that's fair. We're going to, of course, be talking again about um, COVID and the vaccines and the constant gaslighting we get with that. We had a major event. Don't know if you noticed it over the weekend. We got to hear from our dear friends at Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Malone, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. out there freezing cold in D.C. We're going to be talking about that and the latest developments there. Uh, so much to talk about always, but we're going to keep on fighting. We're going to keep on pressing on, and I hope you'll stick with me and join me and weigh in. Welcome back to The War Room. This is Christy Lee, guest hosting today. Last minute switcheroo. Hopefully you'll stick with me and uh, go over some very important news of the day. One of the most major things that caught my attention that I'm sure has been talked about, but it bears repeating, is the FDA prohibiting Florida from using monoclonal antibody treatments, which isn't even disputed that they're helping, that they have helped. That is not as apropos as ivermectin. You know, people have come to accept that monoclonal antibodies, the the treatments work and have been effective. But the FDA steps in and instead of caring about people's health and saving lives, they do their best to uh, prevent lives from being saved and, and to kill more people because, oh, shoot, this is working. We better shut this down. That is what we get from the FDA. It's disgusting. So they closed Florida's monoclonal antibody treatment sites just yesterday after the federal government abruptly removed the treatments from the emergency use authorization. Now, remember, this isn't the first time that they've tried to mess with this method before they were claiming, oh, we need to ration this out. You know, the red states are getting too much of these treatments. We need to ration it. And, uh, you know, we, we already dealt with that. Now they're just flat out closing these treatment centers. And the reason is crazy, of course. Because nothing makes sense in this upside down world. They said that the antibody drugs from uh, Regeneron and Eli Lilly should no longer be used because the treatments are unlikely to be effective against the Omicron variant. That's according to the Associated Press. So the obvious question the Associated Press you would think would ask would be, you know, we've heard from Fauci. We've heard from others that the vaccine is less effective. That's what how we're trying to rationalize giving you the booster. We've heard that the vaccine is either less effective or not effective at all against Omicron. But you're going to keep on going with that, and you're going to keep pushing that. But we're going to, at the same time, use that excuse for shutting down monoclonal antibody treatment centers. Makes sense. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense at all. Even the reason for why they're doing this does not make sense. Never mind, did all the other variants completely disappear? I mean, now we're just accepting that all that remains is Omicron, even though 
I mean, last I checked, do we really have an effective way of testing for exactly what variants people have? So because it's a it's just the most outlandish reason we're going to shut down these treatment centers because it's not effective against Omicron. When we don't even know how many of these variants are Omicron. We know it's effective against Delta. There's plenty of evidence for that. Did people stop getting Delta? I mean, I've I've personally spoken to people who just recently had Delta. And but apparently that's disappeared. So none of it makes any sense at all. DeSantis, of course, comes back um, and the Florida Department of Health came back releasing a statement condemning the abrupt decision to take away treatments that can prevent prevent severe illness, hospitalization and death and high risk patients who've contracted or been exposed to COVID-19. Again, if we've accepted also that the antibody treatments are effective with Delta, which because of science, we say is so much more brutal to you than Omicron. Why wouldn't we keep the treatment available for the less brutal variant? None of this makes sense. They're just making it up as they go. So they did it without advance notice. So there was people that had their appointments set up to get this treatment, and then it just abruptly could not go to them. How many people is this going to affect? How many people is this going to potentially kill because they weren't able to get this life-saving treatment. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has heavily promoted the antibody drug treatment as a signature of his administration's COVID-19 response. Well, we can't do anything that would make him look good because he's the enemy, according to the left, the left-wing news and um, the administration. So just another attempt to, to combat the good things that are happening And it's sick. And the reason doesn't even make sense. And of course, the Associated Press, which is supposed to be unbiased, doesn't even think to ask logical, reasonable questions like, hey, haven't the health agencies been saying the vaccine isn't effective as effective for Omicron? So why are we continuing to push that? And then we're giving the same reason for shutting down these sites. Makes no sense. So the other thing that has been big, it has been... um, All of the amazing information that came out, so much information came out in the Defeat the Mandates DC, the rally there, and then the subsequent um, Ron, excuse me, not Ron Paul, another good man, but (laughs) the wrong one. Ron Johnson, his his, um, second opinion that happened the following day. Um, I am only halfway through that because it's like five hours long, but it's just, there's so many good nuggets in that. But... um, of course, we didn't see a whole lot of coverage from mainstream media. No surprises there. But you you were able to see. The crowds were huge. They were braving 36-degree weather to be there. Um, and you could see even in the crowd that there was a lot of diversity. No kidding. You know, media wouldn't want you to know that that this crowd, they, they would like you think it was just a bunch of white supremacist crazies. But this this crowd was diverse. It was fully represented, represented, vaccine, um, vaccinated, unvaccinated, Democrat, Republican, independent, nonpartisan, apolitical, white, black, Latino, whatever you label you want to apply. They were out there in full force joining together. We heard from Robert Malone. We heard from Peter McCullough. We heard from so many in this this rally. I did watch most of the whole thing. But the thing that the mainstream media wanted to focus on was Robert F. Kennedy Jr. 
and his offensive comparisons of the vaccine mandate to Nazi Germany and Anne Frank. So from CNN, even in, uh, this is what they, they posted, even in Hitler, Germany, they were quoting him, even in Hitler, Germany, you could cross the Alps into Switzerland, you could hide in an attic like Anne Frank did. And he was basically making the point that they can track us now. There's no way to get away from the tyranny. If you're given a vaccine passport, they can control your eventually your bank account, your ability um, to travel, your ability to get food, to eat places. Obviously, that's already happening. And um, the point he was trying to make is, is you can't hide, you can't whatever. But um, he made this comparison, and, and we've seen a lot of heat for this. Like anytime anyone makes any kind of comparison to Nazi Germany, even Dr. Robert Malone, when he made comparisons to to what's happening, uh, you know, it, it, comparing them to to Nazi Germany, he got some heat for that. So, um, I mean, it's it's an easy dig. He, they said uh, long knives were drawn for less than a two minute portion of Kennedy's twenty five minute speech. So that was two minutes of his twenty five minute speech, and he was among all those other speakers. But of course, that's what the mainstream media focused on. Easy dig. And it happens a lot. So a question that I want to pose to you later this hour that I want to talk about, is it fair to make these comparisons? I'm going to be open-minded. Is it offensive? Do you find it offensive to make what's happening now, the t- tyranny, um, the totalitarianism that, that we're seeing encroaching on our lives, the control? Is it fair to compare that to what happened in Nazi Germany and to the Holocaust and, and make those comparisons? As of right now, I'm thinking... We have history to learn from it, right? And there were things that happened leading up to what many of us can agree upon was the greatest atrocity, um, the loss of life, the singling out, the segregation. But we saw signals. We saw red flags leading up to that. And that's what our history is supposed to be for, right? Is to learn from it. So in that sense, I would think it's fair to make comparisons to give people warnings, to ask people to heed the warnings. But is it is it too too far? Is it too much of a stretch? So be thinking about that. Make your case. Let me know if you find it offensive or not. Um, you can start calling now and we'll try and get to them toward the end of the these, this first hour. But I would really like to have this discussion because up until now, I think History is there to learn from, and and we need to be paying attention to what's happening now so it doesn't repeat itself, and perhaps in an even worse way. So be thinking about that, and um, we can talk about that. More to come on um, COVID news and election news for uh, in this, this next hour, and um, more to come. See you after the break. The average person on the face of this incredible planet is still unaware that there's a war between free individuals and nation states on one side and the globalists on the other who are literally trying to create a post-human world. From the United States to Brazil, and of course triggered by the Brexit in the UK, nations were pulling out of the private, corporate, fascist world government. That's why they launched their Great Reset. And their program after collapsing us of Build Back Better. This is nothing more than a top-down, vertical consolidation of the world economy. And because they couldn't take our guns, and because we wouldn't bow, because the left, which is the ideology of this world government system, couldn't win... 
they released a biological weapon on us. Now we know, two years ago, we learned about it about 20 months ago. It's that simple. They can't beat us because of our free speech and our guns. So the global corporate combine released COVID-19, and you know the rest is history. Expose this paradigm, and we win. A riotous mob. Whether they were present that day or were otherwise criminally responsible for the assault on our democracy. Insurrections. We will follow the facts wherever they lead. Domestic terrorists. The days of independent media are numbered. The government has made it illegal to oppose them. They are now debanking us behind the scenes. They want to bankrupt us and make us go away quietly. With practically half the population wanting to lock the unvaccinated up in camps, the traitors know they can shut us down by force. But that would accelerate the awakening exponentially. So be it. Make them silence us by force. This is the final battle of the information war. Give now. Buy products. Donate. Before everything changes. We need you to carry us through to the end. Victory or death. Go now to InfoWarStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Welcome back to The War Room. This is Christy Lee, guest hosting today. If you'd like to give me a call, we're doing things a little bit different. You can call me in the first hour, 1-877-789-2539. The topic that I would like to stick to is really kind of a discussion on comparisons made to the Holocaust. I've noticed that a lot of people have gotten, it's like an easy target. They've gotten heat for when they compare what's going on now with the tyranny and and ratting out your unvaccinated uh, acquaintances or coworkers and um, segregation, all of those things, when they compare it to uh, what happened in Nazi Germany and the Holocaust, um, pe- when people do that, they get a lot of backlash, of course, from mainstream media and others. Is it fair? Is it to be critical of that? Is it too offensive to go there? And so I want to know what you, you think. This is um, what... <laughs> Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is facing some backlash for right now after, you know, the 30,000 plus that descended upon D.C. to express their discontent of how this pandemic has been handled so far and rail against the mandates. And we heard from so many remarkable people and doctors at that rally and at the hearing, the Senate hearing the following day. The th- the nugget the mainstream media is taking from this event is that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was um, was disgraceful and should not have made a Holocaust uh, survivor comparison. So here's some other things that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. had said. He decried COVID tyranny, of course, and the censorship of voices. This is from freepressers.com, by the way. He said, James Madison, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson all said the same thing. We put freedom of speech in the First Amendment because all of the other rights that we were trying to protect relied on that right. The minute they hand you that vaccine passport, every right that you have is transformed into a privilege contingent upon your obedience to arbitrary government dictates. You know, like closing monoclonal antibody um, clinics arbitrarily, without notice, things like that, for no good reason. 
And um, he went on to talk about that uh, those who took the COVID vaccine have a 21% increased chance of dying over the next six months. He said they have to give you 22,000 vaccines to protect one person from dying from COVID. And if you give 22,000 vaccines to prevent one death, you better make sure the vaccine doesn't kill anybody. Because if it kills one person, you have canceled out all of the benefits. He also took aim at the critics of the Vera system, which records vaccine adverse reactions and deaths. This has been crazy to me, arguing with even family members about <laughs> that are, that happen to be in the medical profession. Suddenly being critical of VAERS, which says on its own website that it's supposed to be used as like a red flag. And, you know, if you see the spike in adverse reactions that all things considered add up to more than they have in all of the other vaccines combined, you would think that that's a, a red flag. But, you know, no, now suddenly we're going to be critical of the virus. So, like, why is it even there? If we're not even going to pay attention, we're just going to turn a blind eye into it. Why is it even there? What's even the point? Now, the system that they knew was broken 11 years ago. They knew only counted 1% of vaccine injuries 11 years ago. Now they're telling you it is overestimating vaccine injuries. Those 20,000 people didn't really die from the vaccine. Those 100,000 people aren't really injured. There's not a single study that shows VAERS overcounts vaccine injuries. We have witnessed over the past 20 months a coup d'etat against democracy and the demolition, a controlled demolition of the United States Constitution and the Bill of Rights. So. Obviously, he had other things to say, but the media isn't interested in those things. They're more interested in what he said about Anne Frank. So this is from the Washington Post. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. apologizes for saying the unvaccinated have less freedom than Anne Frank did. And this is how it frames it. For invoking Anne Frank to imply Jews had more freedoms during the Holocaust than unvaccinated Americans do today. Now, if you actually read the transcript of what he says, I'm not really sure that overgeneralizing what he said to that degree is exactly fair. But, you know, we're talking about um, the Washington Post here. So accuracy. Never mind about that. And it said the remarks drew public backlash. How many did it? Did it? I mean, how much? I mean, and this is just like an, another overgeneralization, but it does point out that even his own wife um, was critical. Of course, she doesn't want to give up any of her Hollywood clout, you know. Um, and it said Kennedy had referenced Frank, a child who died in a Nazi concentration camp while speaking in front of the Lincoln Memorial. Again, this was two minutes out of 25 minutes of a speech. And, um, of course, they call him anti-vaccine again when he's continued to say he's not anti-vaccine. He's just pro-safe vaccines and against mandates. So let's hear from an actual um, Holocaust survivor and what they have to say about the vaccines. Clip number six. just read that even though some some. Uh, of the restrictions are being lifted in some countries. At the same time, the FDA and CDC is recommending booster shots for the children. On what basis? For what purpose? The the, uh, injections, and I don't call them vaccines because they are gene transfer therapy, really experimental gene transfer therapy. They were supposed to prevent infection, prevent death, and prevent transmission of infection. Well, they now acknowledge the 
the evidence is incontrovertible from Israel, the United States, the UK, the EMA, that the shots don't work. They don't do what they were promised to do. So my question is, if these injections don't prevent infection or transmission, why then are the vaccinated special? They're allowed to do all kinds of, they have all kinds of freedom, which the government allows them from time to time, right? They still have to wear masks. But the unvaccinated are being vilified as the Jews were in the 1930s and 40s. What's the difference? Just, just the fact that the vaccinated are obedient. And this is what I think you really have to think clearly about. Being obedient means being taken to the slaughterhouse. They won't need gas chambers this time around. The technology is far more sophisticated and far more dangerous, actually, because they can do everything remotely with people not even doing, knowing what's happening. So I say, please wake up and wake up your neighbors. Don't let it happen again. And that is purported to be Vera Sharav. S-H-A-R-A-V. I'm not really sure if I'm pronouncing that right. And um, saw that video. It said to have been a Holocaust survivor and medical ethics expert. So if anyone gets to make this comparison, I would think it would be her. And she makes it, so she doesn't find it offensive. But I'm interested in what you think. Do you find it offensive? Is, is it taking it too far to make these comparisons to what happened um, with Nazi Germany and the Holocaust, you can call one 789 Weigh in on this. Does it just make us an easy target when we make these comparisons? I want to know what you think. I am a worldly person, meaning I like going to ball games. I like going to concerts. I like going to play golf. I like going out to dinner. I, I, I like the metropolitan life. I, I, I like everything that comes with, it, with this. But see... I have the survival instinct that is to get the hell out of Democrat-run cities, get the hell out of major metropolitan areas, because unless we change course soon, it's all crashing down. Is it time to just move out to the woods? Just time to go get a piece of property in the woods and just get off grid, just get the emergency food supplies, just live off the land? That's the survival instinct. But see, the worldly part of me, that's still probably the majority part of me, says no, 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 no stay in the city. The survival instinct says get the hell out of anywhere that would ever notion that you need to get a vaccine or a mask. That's the that's the internal struggle that my guess is a lot of you in the audience are facing as well. But you can at least have some comfort if you have the emergency food supplies. And so we have the best ones at InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWars.com forward slash show. is under attack. This is the War Room. Share this message right now at band.video. Welcome back to the War Room. This is Christy Lee. I'm in for Owen Schroyer. Giving him a break. He's been pulling some double duty. 
Keeping up with the fight. Got to give him a little bit of a rest break. I'll be back on Thursday. Who knows? Maybe I'll be back tomorrow. We never know. <laughs> or at least I never know. But uh, happy to do it. Happy to be here. So I posed a question because, of course, the media is coming after Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for two minutes of a 25-minute speech at a rally that lasted pretty much all day. Um, that's their idea of coverage of the Defeat the Mandates D.C., and the subsequent um, Senate that Ron Johnson uh, had, Senator Ron Johnson had the next day about a second opinion. So many doctors, so many things that were said, so many bombshells, but but the mainstream media, particularly the Washington Post, like to focus on two minutes of the speech where he was making um, comparisons to the Holocaust. And so some of some of you have called in to weigh in this. So let's just go to that and then I'll get into more of my COVID coverage after that. But while we're on topic, let's go to your phone calls, which looks like we have some differences of, of opinion, which is always encouraged. So Chris from South Carolina, you're on the air. Hey, what's going on? Uh, congrats on the marathon and uh, good luck. Um, can, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Thank you so much. For, uh-huh. I, I need all that encouragement. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so when it comes to the subject, um, like what's like the mainstream, like, um, yeah, when it comes to the appropriacy of Holocaust comparisons, like the mainstream media can spare me their crocodile tears when it comes to all this. Um, I mean, for the last four years, we heard that Trump was Hitler, his supporters were Nazis, and January 6th was like, you know, the night of broken glass. So um, you can give me a break with that. Um, and then when it comes to the comparison, I think there are many comparisons that can be made. For instance, the global complacency and the enablement for both events to occur, um, the refusal by powerful nations to recognize what's going on and hold people accountable, such as Fauci. Um, millions of people have died. Uh, there's been enrichment in World War II. was the military-industrial complex, and now it's big tech and big pharma. And now, um, in both instances, events have led to the oppression of humanity worldwide. Yeah, I mean, that that makes a lot of good points, especially like your point about how they had no problem bringing up that time period when it came to President Trump, frequent calls of, of calling him a Nazi. But now it's an untouchable comparison. <laughs> That's a good point. Very good. Yeah. Thank you for, for that phone call, Chris. When I get to a, to a different opinion, um, it looks like Jim from Rhode Island has a little bit of a different opinion. So, Jim, you're on the air. Yes. Well, thank you. Um, I kind of agree with uh, quite a bit of what he said there. I think it's appropriate to make these comparisons. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I think Crystal not make a better comparison than Anne Frank. I mean, us, the unvaccinated, are not hiding out in, in you know, garros right now, up in attics. Mm-hmm. But we are being targeted like the Jews were in Crystal Knot or are being shuttered off to uh, ghettos. You know, a lot of us are, are in Twitter or Facebook ghettos. Um, so I think it's totally appropriate. Plus, the left just wants to shut us up. Oh, you can never talk about that. You can never talk about that. Well, yes, we can. It's a shared history. You know, there, there were, it wasn't just Jews. It was Christians. It was gypsies. It was homosexuals. Anyone that, that disagreed with Hitler got thrown in the concentration camp. So one group does not own that piece of history, you know? So, yes, we have a right to make it. Was the comparison accurate? Mm, it was a little bit of a stretch, and that's 
but opened the door for the attack on on uh, Robert Kennedy. I think but, it was a little bit misinterpreted, though. I think he was trying to make the point that back at that time they didn't have track like literal tracking devices, which is what they're trying to push on us now with these vaccine passports that can really affect how we live. And you know, uh, I think that's the point he was trying to make. But you're right; I think he probably could have made it better, and it ended up being an and made it, made him an easy target. <laughs> Yeah, he, he he opened the door, but don't stop saying it. You know, I'm don't be afraid to say it. Just be smart about it. That's all. Yeah, good good cautionary advice there. Thank you so much for the phone call, Jim. Let's go to Josh in North Carolina. Josh, you're on the air. Yeah, I, I mean, I hate to keep sounding. I mean, hate to keep like an echo chamber here or nothing, but I mean, I agree with the last I two said callers. I, I, I mean, wanted to hear differences of opinion, but you know, if no, we all agree, I, then so, I mean, that's fine. No, nah, I mean, I, I feel like they took the one chance they could get to put Robert, you know, Robert F. Kennedy on blast. And that's just what the mainstream, that's just what they do. You know, I mean, you guys sit up here in InfoWars every day and you guys are like, look, you know, they, they hide all like logical opinions and they just put on blast whatever they want to do. So, I mean, that was just their one shot to put, you know, to make him look foolish. But I agree. I mean, I don't think they should quit talking about it. And I don't think it's that much of a stretch. I mean, let's be real. I mean, they're like, uh, Owen had a guest on the guy from Canada. They were talking about the Hitler youth and, uh, and the stuff from the, the, you know, these they're like telling these kids to tell on people because they're not vaccinated. They're indoctrinating a youth, the whole generation of youth to like tell on people about a vaccination status. They're trying to ostracize people for not being va- like vaccinated. It's ridiculous. I mean, there's tons of comparisons to be made. I mean, I, I and I always I mean, want to try and always think about things from all angles and like at times be the devil's advocate to have understanding. And when I, but when I think about this, I'm like, but isn't history supposed to be, isn't it important that we know history so it doesn't repeat itself so that we learn from our mistakes? So how... I'm trying to understand how is it not fair to make comparisons when it, history is supposed to be there to to warn us to to be like wait we've seen this before <laughs> like maybe this should be a red flag that we don't want to go this direction. No, it is. It is. I just think it's their chance to try to be like, look, don't don't have an anti opinion on this, or else we're going to make fun of you in the media. Maybe they're trying to make the example out of Robert Kennedy and have other people that are you know that have a platform shy away from speaking about it but good on him for doing that and at least have starting the discussion that we're having today hopefully other people are doing it i think it's productive whether people agree on the comparison or not is really futile but i mean at least it gets the conversation going yeah i think anything that we can discuss and try and gain a deeper understanding is worth talking about so thank you for your phone call let's see if we can get one more in um let's go to free man fema region (laughs) Free man. Are you there? There you are. Okay. So I think it's uh, not that I watched Robert Kennedy Jr.'s speech um, or have paid attention to any of this media coverage of him. Um, This is a little unfair, I think, compared to Anne Frank, just because the story we're given about her is people are literally coming around door to door looking for Jews hiding in people's houses. So I don't think that's happening yet. Um, I think the better comparison to be made is the Nuremberg Code, because that's blatantly being disregarded right now, and that came out of the Holocaust. 
So, and we're not following the lessons we learned from that. But I mean, aren't, so, aren't they starting to go door to door in some countries? Like even Austria didn't, didn't I read that they're sending people out to go door to door to check papers in Austria? Well, I'm, I don't know about that, but if that's happening, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the, the, yeah, that's the main thing I'm, so it I sounds it like was, you're saying we it's a fair comparison as long as there's intentionality about it. We're being very specific about the comparisons that we're making. We can't just make these blatant um, general comparisons. Just make sure we're being very intentional with how we phrase things. Right. I think that's good advice. Thank you for your phone call. We'll get to more of your phone calls um, on the other side of the break. Uh, but so, again, so much more was revealed over those couple of days in D.C., at the rally, at the, the Senate hearing afterwards. And we're focusing on this one part. But I think it is important to at least talk about it and, and see if this is something we should stop doing or if it is a fair comparison or maybe how to approach those arguments differently. So interesting to hear from all of you. Um, it sounds like for the most part, you're not saying it's offensive. Just be more intentional. So hear from you on this. UN run contact tracers aren't coming. They're here all over the world from Australia to the United States, from Canada to Germany. These tyrants are tracking everything you do everywhere you go and then coming to your house and threatening, in some cases, actually taking people away into the night to their facilities. And they're planning in the next year to expand their shield process where they come and take, quote, healthy people away and put them in facilities for their safety. This is nothing less than martial law. And one big thing you can do to fight back is to get high-quality Faraday cages, many of which are made here in America and are very compliant, meaning U.S. government military grade at InfoWarsStore.com. We have the entire line of Silent Pocket ready to ship to you when you visit InfoWarsStore.com. Again, we have big backpacks. We have special dry bags. We've got them for cell phones. We've got them for laptops. We've got them for iPads. It's all there at InfoWarsStore.com. So protect your privacy today and support the InfoWar at InfoWarsStore.com. Sleepless nights seem to be a lot more common these days with everything that's going on both at home and the world at large. If you're having trouble getting to that deep sleep we could all use more of, our new sleep support formula, Down and Out, is just the thing. It's our new, faster-absorbing liquid formula that is specifically designed to help you get the shut-eye you deserve. Formulated to improve upon our best-selling product, Knockout, with Down and Out, now the herbs and melatonin packed inside are extracted directly into the glycerin solution. So the ingredients are already dissolved into the formula before you even take it. One of the other sleep support herbs included is the passion flower, which was traditionally used by Native Americans like the Cherokees, who used it for its relaxing qualities. Be sure to take this product when you are completely ready for sleep, because you will be down and out. Selling out now at InfoWarsStore.com. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Welcome back to The War Room. Christy Lee, guest hosting today. We are talking about all of the latest information that continues to drip out about this quote-unquote, pandemic. And uh, 
We were talking about how, you know, we have the had the rally in D.C. We had the Senate hearing the very next day. So many bombshells coming out. The media just wants to focus on something that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. said, which I'll get back to in just a moment. But here's some other bombshells that were were shared. Um, one of the testimonies was from attorney Thomas Renz. And he, uh, Daniel Horowitz, followed up and said, I can share with you from attorney Thomas Renz that the number of cancer diagnosis diagnoses in the military's DMED system went from a five-year average of 38,700 per year to 114,645 in the first 11 months of 2021. There he is uh, giving this information. He said this is a predominantly young population, unlike VAERS, which of course they always throw that system under the bus all of a sudden, where the naysayers can suggest that anyone can submit. This is only by military doctors and quantifies every single ICD code in the military for TRICARE billing of Humana. This is the ultimate defined and finite population with excellent surveillance. It goes on to say, one of the biggest takeaways here is that the data is beyond reproach and widely accessible by the DOD, CDC, FDA, and across the Biden-Harris regime. In other words, they were all very well aware that the jabs are almost certainly causing an untenable increase in cancer in an otherwise young and healthy military-age Americans, and they're keeping that information away from the public. He also re- uh, released other bombshells pointing to this data set, this data system, he says, we have substantial data showing that we saw, for example, miscarriages increased by 300,000 or three, excuse me, 300% over the five-year average. We saw almost 300% increase in cancer over the five-year average. We saw, this one's amazing, neurological, so neurological issues, which would affect our pilots over 1,000% increase which Senator Johnson wanted to clarify and said 10 times. He said that's a 10 times rate of neurological issues. Renz continued 82,000 per year to 863,000 in one year. Our soldiers are being experimented on, injured, and sometimes possibly killed. So this is a huge bombshell. He's pointing to a data system that only military doctors can report into, and it gets ignored by the CDC, FDA, and our our media, which is supposed to be holding these agencies accountable, which is supposed to be holding those in power accountable, which you would think would be interested in this kind of data and getting the information out to the public because that is the duty that journalists are supposed to subscribe to. But um, we're not seeing that happen, of course, and we know why. So let's get back to your phone calls. We were talking about how out of all of the many hours of doctors' testimonies and those that spoke at the rally, the media chose to focus on two minutes of a 25-minute speech where Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was making comparisons to what's going on with the Holocaust, particularly Anne Frank, and comparing that to the unvaccinated. And my question was, is it fair? Um, is it offensive? And uh, we will go back to your phone calls. Charles from Georgia, what say you? Charles, you're on the air. Hey, how are you doing, Christy? Good, how are you? I'm good, thank you, thank you. Just a note, I'm a 26-year listener of InfoWars and uh, supporter and bought all all of the products, uh, including my uh, uh, Alex Pure uh, Air and also the drip water system that I use every day. 
and uh, the products are just superior. And I tell all, I've gotten many of my relatives to buy uh, the products too. Thank you for but, being uh, such a loyal listener and supporting the info war. <laughs> we are trying to get this information out there and coming under attacks, much like everyone else. But um, thank you for being such a supporter and a loyal listener. So the uh, praise to God first for creating in me in my early 19s a curiosity for truth, number one. And then once you start pursuing it, you know, once you seek, you find. So uh, the information doors have been open over the years. And, of course, when I found out about Alex and InfoWars, I saw him when he was a a 25-year-older at the access station and been listening ever since. That's amazing. That's amazing. So what do you think about this comparison, Charles, about um, comparing what's happening? Comparing what's happening now to the Holocaust, is that taking it too far? Is that offensive? No, it's just, it's just. look, we're on very shaky ground when it comes to communications. I mean, communications throughout human history probably has always been uh, nuanced. But we're in a time now where anybody, especially the mainstream media, can say anything in the world, true or false, and it can have a huge impact on the response of the listener. You know, let me say this very quickly. Have the audience search out the trivium and the quadrivium. I can't remember the gentleman's name that Alex had on a couple of years ago that defines how the Greeks, I think it was, designed the system to intellectually know how to think, how to know what you're thinking is true, how to communicate in a true and balanced way so the hearer understands what you mean. I mean, it's like any other science. I wouldn't ask a a person that doesn't know how to build a treehouse to build a 50-story building in in one of the big cities uh, across the world because if you don't know the science of and the math of all that, I can't expect you to do it correctly. So I think we seem to forget as human beings that there is a science to the process of communication, taking an idea from your mind, putting it into words and expressions that have definitions that sometimes are mal-defined, ill-defined, or, or we don't take the time to define, and expecting the other person to just understand what you mean. So we must give ourselves time to sit down, short or long, but to at least agree to talk in a uh, way that conveys the information we need. Secondly, though, we know that we have adversaries. The media and our words are being used against us all the time. That's a given. So when when, uh, uh, Mr. Kennedy made his remarks, I take the tack that the uh, lady you showed after him, the uh, Holocaust survivor, she was nuanced enough to know that he meant a certain thing. She expressed that. Yeah. There's so much much I can say, Christy. I'm going to (laughs) leave. I agree with it was okay that he said it that way because his heart. See, again, you have to look at a person's heart and intent. Yeah. I think that gets lost in it. I think that's a really great point. Um, Thank you for your phone call, Charles. That is a really good point that we have become a society that is more concerned with perception, how the person perceives something than how the person intended uh, or what the person intended. And we need to get back to the intent, author's intent, speaker's intent is so much more important than how the person receives it. So uh, let's go to um, Peter in California, who thinks that this comparison is a little extreme. Peter. Uh, well, I don't know if it's, I, I'm a tiny bit off topic. Of course, there is uh, <clears throat> a theory out there that the Diary of Anne Frank was written by Otto Frank, her father, 
uh, by the virtue of she hadn't been in school in three years and her her vocabulary and prose was someone beyond her, her age, but I'm not saying that is for sure. But what I have is breaking news from Los Angeles that Betty White did, in fact, take the shot. Really? Uh, I'm not going to tell you what day it was uh, to protect certain people. It will never come out officially from her people. But uh, the initial report was that she did get the shot, and I will confirm that Betty White took the shot. And I, I, uh, I'll tell you it was a, the same day or the day before. I will not tell you exactly what day it is. I'll tell you a year from now, but I'm not going to tell you now. So, And you I can't tell me where you're they, getting your information from? Uh, well, I have to, you know, I have to protect people. And, I don't know. Uh, you're bordering on, you know, what the mainstream media does <laughs> with, with, we can't tell you our source. We can only confirm this. <laughs> That's a dangerous road to take. Either way, Peter, thank you for um, bringing that up. At the same time, Betty White was 99 years old. Um, I, I think there's other people you can point to about whether or not they got the shot and whether or not it had an effect on their, their life. But somebody that was 99, it's a bit of a stretch to me to, um, blame a shot on that, but you know, you can go there if you want. But you said that you thought the comparison with the Holocaust was a bit extreme. Well, it's, 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 you know, maybe cannon fodder to, uh, to create a narrative to put us in a. Uh, in a, a lunacy bin, as far as far as that goes, uh, there, it's, it's anything to distract from the truth, and it's uh, it's pandering and it's uh, exaggeration, and it's just. Uh, I mean, what would you expect them to do? Yeah, <laughs> going. Yep, they've shown us know. the true colors. Well, we are heading toward the break, uh, so thank you for your phone call, Peter. I will get back to some of your phone calls when I can. But first, in the next hour, we are going to talk about some election news, how the media is framing what's going on with elections. You won't want to miss that. Next. Why do my enemies hate me so much? Why do the globalists hate you so much? Why do they hate America so much? Because it's an idea of freedom that their tyrannical system that they're pushing cannot coexist with. It's very, very simple. For their world government, their anti-human, post-human eugenic system to flourish freedom and liberty and due process and justice and god-fearing systems must fail so sure you didn't start a fight with bill gates you didn't start a fight with david rockefeller you didn't start a fight with the un they started a fight with you and they're not going to back down and they're not going to go away and they're not going to ever stop their attacks until they have the fear of god put into them the average person still doesn't even know about the New World Order or about globalism or about corporate fascism. And it's not until people understand that and that we're under attack we have any chance of beating these people. The fight for the future is now. This is The War Room with Owen Schroyer. Watch the live stream at band.video. Welcome back to The War Room. This is Christy Lee, guest hosting today, giving Owen a bit of a break. And, uh, yeah, he needs his energy to keep on coming at you with the truth bombs. And in the meantime, I'm just trying to keep the seat warm. Show me some grace. Um, so we are switching gears, and we were talking about um, what's happening with the election. 
so many different angles you can take with what is happening with the election cycle, how we're gearing up for the 2022 elections, 2024. Some people are like, I don't really give a, you know what, about any of it because it's all fake anyways. My vote's not going to count. They're just going to cheat anyways. So there's a lot of different angles on this, but um, there has been some efforts to secure the elections, which of course is demonized by um, the side that, dare I say it, wants to cheat some more. Um, And of course we're seeing from the media that, that, that the Republicans are doing sinister things and getting people to watch elections um, because we saw what happened uh, in the past one with crazy people taking suitcases out from underneath everywhere, (laughs) bringing in votes way after the time that the, the polls had closed all kinds of shady business. And so how dare we um, try and get some fair people in there? But um, ProPublica.org had this article come out saying, heeding Steve's, Steve Bannon's call, election deniers organized to seize control of the GOP. They always use all of these, these sensational words. Election deniers. What a weird thing. So deniers deny the elections happen? Like, what is that even saying? Election deniers organized to seize control of the GOP and reshape America's elections. That's about the most sensational way you could headline something. Um, but they are trying to to expose that that Steve Bannon is trying to get uh, people in there that will keep a, a, an eye on what's going on. Um, <laughs> that was part of the problem in the last election. It was just didn't have enough people in place that would be able to push back and, and keep an eye out for these things that are happening. But uh, while they have that, there um, there is some efforts being made. Let's play that video real quick if we can um, on what this, this precinct, precinct strategy actually is. Clip number three. Democrats are pushing a radical Marxist agenda while weak Republicans let it happen. Do you feel helpless? Want to know how to fight back? Well, here's the answer. ThePrecinctStrategy.com is a free resource on how to become your local GOP precinct committeemen. Precinct committeemen help elect county chairmen, officers, and even delegates to the RNC. There are over 400,000 committeemen seats across the U.S. But what the GOP establishment doesn't want you to know is that 200,000 of those seats are vacant. We need America First Patriots to fill these seats. It's time to fight and kick the rhinos out. Help take back our party. You can make a difference. And PrecinctStrategy.com will show you how. Take action now. Be a warrior. Help save this great country. Visit precinctstrategy.com now. So we're going to be talking to, uh, in in the next uh, segment, Dan Schultz, who is involved in this, and be able to ask him what is happening with that. Um, he's an elected Arizona Republican Party precinct committeeman and state committeeman, uh, a veteran and attorney and an author. And he's going to um, help break down exactly what's going on with that. But isn't it funny that um, we get headlines that, like I said before, say election deniers are trying to reshape America's elections. But, you know, obviously in 2016, did we ever hear Hillary Clinton called an election denier or Elizabeth Warren called an election denier because they continued to push this lie 
<laughs> that big lie that the that um, the President Trump's election was not legitimate. And then we just recently heard from President Biden saying um, he's already doubting the 2022 elections. Um, so they're always allowed to say it, but we can't. More on this after the break. Welcome back to the War Room. Excited to be bringing on Dan Schultz, an elected Arizona Republican Party precinct committeeman and state committeeman, uh, a veteran, an attorney, an author. Lots on Dan Schultz's plate. Thankfully, he is making time to be on the War Room with me. Dan Schultz, uh, welcome to the show. Wanted to get straight into what's going on. It's it's encouraging that we might have some some of the right people in place for the upcoming elections. But um, what do you think about these articles? And I mean, I've already been seeing it in the mainstream media where they're, they're saying they're attacking um, those that want to make sure that people's are, are giving a fair a, a vote. <laughs> what, do, what do you make of what we're seeing in the mainstream media? Well, it's right out of uh, the Saul Alinsky <clears throat> playbook. The leftists don't want conservatives to uh, engage in party politics. Uh, We are starting to do that now, thankfully. Um, And that's a good sign, but it's not enough. We need more people to get involved Uh, here in Arizona, for example. We went from after the 2020 primary, we had only 36% statewide of our precinct committeeman positions filled. There's about 12,000 of these statewide. And we only filled up going into the most important election in our lifetime, uh, 36% of them. So where are the other conservatives? Well, where they were, were not involved in the Republican Party. So now, uh, uh, two years later, going into this 2022 uh, primary election, we're now up to about 56%, 57% of these slots filled. We just had our, our annual a state committee meeting this past Saturday, and they gave out the latest numbers by county. And so I, I count, I added it all up uh, and uh, did the did the math. And we're only at going now into this next most important election in our lifetime here in Arizona. We're we've still got forty percent of our precinct committeeman slots without a candidate. Um, we could be at a hundred percent strength and more. You know, I've got a lot of graphics that I use when I'm on Steve Bannon's war room. Uh, and, uh, you know, it needs to look like a line out the door at these monthly meetings every month, but that's not happening yet. And, you know, I'm doing the best I can to try to tell people that, look, we the people have the power and the responsibility to be the guardians of our Constitution. And that means electing better people. And we've failed and failed and failed over and over and over to elect better people. We keep re-electing people. Yeah, there's a, the, my book uh, cover. Thank you for displaying it. Um, that book, all it's got in it is what I learned in seventh grade civics uh, growing up in Wisconsin back in 1968 and 1969, which tells you how old I am. <laughs> we learned how to do party politics. We learned about the Constitution. We learned about the state government and the federal government. Then, but then we also learned 
that there are these things called political parties, which are nothing more than, you know, uh, a, a network of people who think the same way, or you hope that they do based on their party platform. And then they elect people to run the party apparatus and then help their candidates of that party get out the vote. And that's where precinct committeemen come in. Precinct committeemen are, are, are considered to be the most powerful political position in the world. There's a pamphlet that was, uh, I think it's still there on the Eagle Forum, which explains why this is the case. If there are no precinct committeemen, there's no political party. And the precinct committeemen are the liaison between the voters in each precinct and the party apparatus itself, and hopefully also the best candidates, both in the primary election, which has very low turnout. Usually here in Arizona, we might get 22 to 23 percent of Republicans to vote in a primary, maybe a little bit more if there's a really hot contested election. But if you're the candidate that wants to win that all-important primary, like we have something like 10 or 13 people trying to run for like you, the U.S. Senate seat in the upcoming primary. The person who's going to win that primary, well, I hope it's the person who comes to me and I'll explain how to win it because I've, do, I've done it for a candidate. It's boosting turnout of the, of the people who don't like politics. Most Americans hate politics. You know, those of us who engage in, in the political process and party politics – I don't like it either, but I feel like it's my civic duty to do it. That's a, a term that we don't use anymore, unfortunately, in this country, but they did in seventh grade civics. My civics teacher, social studies teacher, Sam Alvord, you know, here's my book, the back cover of it. Here's the front cover. And in the, uh, in the dedication, I dedicated it to, to him and my family. Sam Alvord was his name. Unfortunately, he, he died tragically in a, in a, car accident, um, maybe about 10 years after I graduated from high school. But he, he told us, look, you have a civic duty to be to know what the issues are so that when you vote, you vote intelligently. The reason turnout is so low in primaries is most Americans don't engage in that civic duty anymore. They don't pay attention to politics. They hate politics. And then when t- the primary comes around, they don't vote because they don't want to vote for the wrong person. They don't want to take the time to learn the issues and who the candidates are. So the people who win the primaries, the smart candidates, build an army of volunteers and precinct committeemen to get out the vote and boost turnout of the lower information, lower propensity voters in each primary. That's the first step in electing better people. We have to make sure that the America First candidates coming in up in these 2022 primaries, that we're vetting the best of the best and then getting out the vote for the best America first candidates. But here's the the thing, I mean, because you're talking about an army and you're talking about, you know, this vacancy. We have been yeah. fighting our, our school boards here in the district in which I live. And, and it's just one thing that we concede to time and time again is we're like, this side, the side we're opposing is way more organized. We are having to play catch up. We are losing this battle just for lack of organization. You know, it's like they have a machine that they have spent time. Like, where did we go wrong where did, when did we fall asleep that we are, I feel like we're still so much further behind on caring about these issues and being organized and getting the vote out compared to that side? Well, I, ironically, um, 
not too long ago, well, I guess it's about 50 years ago, uh, in the early 60s, this is a, a program that was uh, created by the RNC, the NRCC, and the NRCC. It's called the Precinct Education Program, and this was their little pamphlet. A friend of mine found this on eBay and bought it. Hmm. And and it was the RNC actually actually creating a training materials for Republicans all across the country at a nominal cost to learn how to organize and unite politically at the precinct level where they live to boost turnout. Like, you know, Abraham Lincoln, there's a famous Abraham Lincoln quote. It's in my book. Uh, it's also, I think, on my website, precinctstrategy.com is where you can go for my book and all of these educational materials, precinctstrategy.com. And anyways, they were actually recruiting people. I'm, I think what happened was the consultant class with the advent, especially now with the Internet, but even before the Internet, uh, radio and TV advertising, uh, and, and they, they would go to these candidates and they would tell them, you know, I can, we can win this primary and then the general with a marketing campaign. Well, when I talk to candidates, the first thing I ask them is, what is the one thing in the primary that you have to have to win the election? What's the one thing that you have to have paramount? And they, like, look off into space. They don't know what to say. And they say, look, I'm not going to try to embarrass you. I'll just give you the answer. You have to have more votes than the other candidates. And then they, it's like uh, they, look, they go, oh, yeah, uh, oh, yeah, all right. And they laugh, you know. Uh, but they don't think that way. And so my strategy is go from the ballot box on, on election day and work backwards from there. What do you have to do to boost turnout so that you're the person who gets the most votes? Okay, Dan Schultz, but, but we, there is definitely a lack of confidence in the whole process. So let's get into that when we come back after the break. We're on with Dan Schultz, encouraging us how to win in the next election. Well, I'm very excited for several reasons that two of our very popular products are back in stock. Whole Food Multivitamin, a central nutrient multivitamin from natural healthy sources, not synthetic, and vitamin C and zinc with rose hips, the classic Linus Pauling, Nobel Prize winning formula to supercharge your immune system and every cell in your body. They're both back in stock, sold out for more than four months at 40% off. Another reason I'm very, very excited about this is this will fund our operation and keep us on air. So again, it's a 360 win, but whatever you do, go out and get an organic, whole food, multivitamin, and take vitamin C and take zinc. And we also have some great vitamin D products at InfoWarsTore.com you need as well. But whatever you do, defend your body's immune system. We want to keep patriots in the game against the New World Order. So it's a 360 win. Hit something essential for your body and your health and your longevity and your immune system while funding the InfoWar at InfoWarsTore.com. Back in stock, down and out liquid sleep support. It's been out of stock for a while. It's one of uh, three sleep aids we have at InfoWarsTore.com. Uh, this one has been very popular. It sold off the shelves. It's back in stock, down and out liquid sleep support. This is probably the strongest sleep aid that we have, I would say. Knockout, Rocket Rest, both great, comes in pill form. This is the liquid tincture, and I think this is probably the most powerful one. 
Survival Shield X2 nascent iodine. This is, if you haven't done an iodine challenge yet, if you haven't done the iodine challenge, what are you waiting for? Now is the time. Super male and super female vitality. Living Defense Plus and the Organic Greens Fiber Caps. Uh, we have a limited supply of these right now, but we want to sell them all out so we can order a new batch. It was very popular. The Organic Greens Fiber Caps. But we have all kinds of other great supplements that uh, are, are great for so many different things. Take advantage of those. The War Room. Infowars.com forward slash show. Welcome back to the War Room. This is Christy Lee. We are on with Dan Schultz right now, who's talking to us about the importance of getting out there, changing the tides. We have a, a primary coming up, um, or, or a midterms, I should say, the 2022 election coming up. Um, it's never been more important to get organized and, and get involved. But Dan, I was talking about uh, before we went to the break, there, there are a lot of the people that don't want to get involved are just so concerned about the fact that it, it, it seems like the last election was just so disorganized. We had all the mail in ballots. There's there, we have the machines to contend with. How can they even feel good about that? Their vote matters. Well, <clears throat> here's the best way. The reason that the uh, state legislators didn't do their duty and uh, in the five key states is because they're not afraid of we the people. Like I said, here in Arizona, uh, conservatives—they're not—they're not in the party by and large. About fifty percent of the slots that are filled were filled with moderates. About fifty percent are filled with conservatives. And as you know, the graphic you showed earlier about—you know—I'll just hold it up real quick. This one, you know, this is this is what the party looks like right now. This is what it could look like if conservatives filled up all the party. It would. All, all the precinct committeemen positions. We'll go from a half-strength ideologically split party, which is weak and fighting amongst itself, to a full-strength 75% majority party. And then all of the committee chairs elected would be conservatives, all the way up to the, to the state committee uh, chair uh, who serves on the RNC. The national convention delegates would elect, who are elected by the precinct committeemen, would be by and large conservatives committeeman and a national committee woman who are conservative, not globalists, right? Which is what our RNC is made up of right now. Globalists fighting against Trump. The best way to send the signal to the state legislators that you want an election integrity reform legislation passed now immediately, like we want here in Arizona, is to fill up as many of these vacant precinct committeeman slots positions as you can as fast as you can and then every 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 month when you go to your meeting your local meeting it should look like this a line out the door of america firsters you know and that other graphic you've put up is the one that i have right at the top of my website precinctstrategy.com precinctstrategy.com it shows that there's 74 million MAGA people. We only need three-tenths of one percent of the 74 MAGA people to come come back to shore from their boat rallies, get off their golf carts, uh, get out of their car in the car caravans, you know, come home from the rally and do one more thing. Go find your local Republican committee 
And then whatever pet issue you have, the Second Amendment people, the America First people, the Build the Wall uh, National Defense people, the Build the Wall people, they're, they're just a, a sampling of people who are really hot on a particular issue. Bring that issue into our party as a precinct committeeman. Bring all of your cohorts with you. And then create a conservative caucus in our party that ends up electing better people and then scaring the hell out of the uh, incumbent Republicans that if you don't pass election integrity reform, you're toast at the next primary. See, they're not, a sca- they're not afraid when the status quo doesn't change. If the status quo doesn't change, they have a 95% or greater probability of winning their next primary. We can change that status quo. The best way to change that status quo is by becoming a precinct committee and where well, you live. Let, let's break st- down exactly what that is and like what the time sure. commitment is. Because, um, I mean, even myself, I'm a, like, what is that? <laughs> so, so kind of explain exactly what that is. Yeah. The party is made up of positions. In some states, it's precinct delegate. In Texas, it's precinct chair. In, in Oregon, it's precinct committee person. In Washington, it's precinct committee officer. In some states, it's just member. Whatever the case may be, whatever the terminology is, there are people who volunteer for these positions, and then eventually you have to run for the position, either at a caucus meeting in the states that have caucuses, private caucuses, or in states like Arizona where you have to get a few signatures to get on the primary election ballot. Here you only have to get 10, no more than 10. In Ohio, it's no more than five. It varies from state to state. Then you run, and now you're an elected member of the party, and then you get to elect everybody in the party. You know, I've got this power chart that I made that explains it for Arizona. Precinct committeemen elect everybody. The county chairs, the legislative district chairs, the the electors of the state chair, the electors of the state convention delegates who in turn elect a national committeeman and national committee woman. You have real political power when you're a precinct committeeman. And then the other thing that you get to do is when it comes time for the primary election, you have access to the software that gives you the walking sheet information and call sheet information for all the voters in your precinct. And then you can contact those voters that don't normally vote, the 50% and fewer voters, that's what I do in my precinct with my fellow precinct committeemen, and we boost turnout. We boost turnout in the primary, and then we boost it again in the general. The last election here, we had over 90% of our Republicans in my voting precinct vote. That was much higher than the average, which was about 72% statewide. We do that in every precinct for the America First candidates and Donald Trump, if he runs again. We're going to win everything, but we got to have bodies. And then, like I said, the incumbents will fear us. I have a hashtag that I use on Twitter, hashtag fear America First precinct committeeman. The incumbents don't fear us because there's not enough of us. We're all off in our little groups, you know, and not like that uh, graphic of mine shows. We're not united where and how we need to be united, and that is under this umbrella organization, this network of people, which is what a political party is. It's not a building. It's people. We're not populating it. And like I I mentioned during the break to you, I have this... uh, a thing I like to say about uh, this malady that conservatives suffer from, CPPPDS, conservative 
political party participation deficit syndrome. They'll be on the on the internet all day. They'll consume news shows like yours. They're they're they want to talk politics, but they don't do politics. The, the real ball players in the ball game of politics, and it's a serious ball game, obviously, are the precinct committeemen. And a, a friend of mine coined a phrase once that uh, she used with people who wanted to talk politics with her. And she basically, she came out of the Tea Party movement. She, she's in South Carolina. And uh, she would say to them, listen, are, are you a precinct committeeman? And they go, what's a precinct committeeman? And, and she said, well, uh, it's, it's, it's becoming a voting member of our party, our political party, our, our Republican party. If you haven't become a precinct committeeman yet, I really can't take you seriously when it comes to politics. And she's right. If you really want to get serious, ask yourself this. What am I going to tell my kids when we fail in 2022 to write to this ship of state? What are, we, what are you going to tell your kids when they come to you and, and they say this to you? Mom, Dad, Grandma, Grandpa, why didn't you, when you had the chance... Do what that guy Schultz said to do to stop. Yeah, Dan Schultz uh, really reminding us to take action. Quit talking about it. Take action. I want to finish up with you in the next segment um, on the actual steps to take to make this happen. Both of these amazing products have been sold out for almost half a year because of supply chain breakdowns. You've done a great job supporting InfoWars and supporting your immune system. The problem is with all the COVID lockdowns, the Great Reset, we can't get these products in. So finally, they came in, but a limited run of our whole food, vitamin, mineral, essential, nutrient, multivitamin, so you absorb it, and so it's not toxic in your body like synthetic vitamins. And then, of course, vitamin C and zinc. This sucker is really full and heavy because it's a huge dose of vitamin C and zinc and rose hips number one thing you can do for your immune system and your body and does so much more. Both of these are now back in stock at InfoWarsStore.com for 40% off. I'm going to keep them at that price until they sell out. Because of supply chain breakdowns, we got a limited run. So please take action now and order them at InfoWarsStore.com. But whatever you do, find similar products out there and use them because this is a life and death situation to be healthy. Infowars.com forward slash show. Give me liberty or give me death. This is The War Room with Owen Schroyer. Watch the live stream at band.video. We have got to take action. We have got to do something and not keep on talking about it. We're on with Dan Schultz, an elected Arizona Republican Party precinct committeeman. We're learning about what that is. And Dan Schultz, I have an article in front of me from The Federalist called Republicans Plan to Win Back the Senate, Then Do Nothing Per Usual. And it goes on to say, according to reporting by Axios last month, McConnell told a room full of donors, lobbyists, and in-cycle senators that he would not be putting forward an agenda outlining the priorities for his conference should Senate Republicans regain a majority in 2022. CNN last week 
when asked by CNN last week what the GOP agenda would be in a potential majority, McConnell responded, that is a very good question, and I'll let you know when we take it back. So <laughs> I just wanted to read from that article because it's what we were talking about, about these rhinos that aren't going to do anything different unless they are, are pushed or they're afraid, like you said, that they, there's some pressure put on them. So um, what do you think about that? Well, <clears throat> I think every one of them should be primaried. And uh, if we would work together and as a first step become precinct committeemen and fill up all the vacant precinct committeemen positions, we'd have a really good shot at taking them out at the next primary. I know that there are people working in Kevin McCarthy's district that are going to try to do that. Uh, I don't know who the, the America First candidate is yet because uh, I haven't talked to them in a while, but it's definitely something that can happen. Remember when Dave Bratt defeated Cantor. Cantor didn't even see him coming. And the way he did it is he did it through my strategy. He boosted turnout of the uh, lower information, lower propensity voters by going door to door, making phone calls to these people and giving them a reason to go vote. Cantor didn't do any of that. And uh, he ruined the day afterwards that he that he didn't uh, you know do retail level politics. So yeah, there it is, right there. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's a, it's a, and so we can do the same thing everywhere. So the first step that you have to take to become a precinct committeeman is go to my site, and then scroll down, and I've got a th basically three simple steps that you take: contact your local county Republican Party committee. Except if you're in Massachusetts or Connecticut and a few other states that don't have county committees. Connecticut and Massachusetts only has town committees. So, uh, but I've got information for all 50 states. I've got something that gives you some of the terminology. So I don't have a, a directory of all of the counties, but some state parties have directories of, of the, like Texas, for example. The Texas Republican Party has a page on its website that gives you a contact information for every county committee in Texas. Other states have the same thing. Uh, Arizona, we finally do. We only have 15 counties. But if you can't find a, a, your county committee on, on, on a directory like that, just do this. Do an Internet search. The name of your county, Republican, committee, and then the name of your state. So like in my case, it would be Maricopa County, Republican, committee, Arizona. Because there's a lot of counties that have the same name in different states. And then... Find out when and where and how they meet. Contact them, call them, email them, whatever it takes. If you can't get it locally, then call the state party apparatus. Call anybody running for office who's a Republican and ask them to help you. And if they won't help you, then say, why in the hell would I sh should I vote for you if you want to help a fellow Republican find their, their local committee so that I can get involved? Then go to the meeting, be nice, polite, and say, I want to become a voting member of this committee. How do I do it? Can I get a copy of the bylaws? Uh, is there a precinct committeeman handbook? Can I have a copy of the precinct committeeman handbook? Um, let's see. I had the one for Well, Arizona. I think another point we want to make while we're talking yeah, about here. this. There we go. We're yeah. You got to do a little, you got to do a little bit of, you know, uh, the precinct committeeman handbook, if the state has one, like this is Arizona's, We'll lay out what your duties are, how the party apparatus works, how often the meetings are, et cetera, et cetera. It's participating in 
basic American well, civics. Well, I think one of the, the reasons day. some people have not wanted to be do to participate is they've been turned off. They've thought of it as a joke. I mean, I've said That's multiple times. Well, I, I've said multiple times, I, I don't identify as a Democrat. I don't identify as a Republican. I'm fed up with all of the politicians. But I think you made a good point that, that did help to convince me when you were saying this is how it's made up right now. And you can, you know, by more of the people that hold your values, the things that you care about, getting involved, you can change the makeup of that, which I think is really compelling because for many of us, we just like, oh, Republican, I don't know, they're the same as the Democrats. I don't, I don't even want to get involved. So I think you should make that point again. Well, the, the parties are drastically different, and I have on my site a, 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 some information comparing the two party platforms. In essence, the Democrats are socialists, the Republicans are capitalists, okay? It's real simple. So are you a socialist? Go play with the Democrats. If you're a capitalist, <laughs> play with the Republicans. Make the party stronger. I've got this saying to all these conservatives who complain about the Republican Party, and it's the reason the Republican Party isn't conservative enough for you complaining conservatives is because not enough of you complaining conservatives are in it. You're not in anything by registering a, on a form that I'm a Republican or cutting a check foolishly to the RNC. That doesn't make you a, mem a voting member of the Republican Party. They'll send you an embossed card that says you're a sustaining member of the RNC. You're not a member of anything. You're a donor. And they sent you that nice little card to make you feel good and hoping that you'll send more money. Don't send money to the RNC or any national organization or PAC. Give the money to your candidates locally and give it to your local Republican committee if they're short on cash and they need it for expenses, like you know the room that they meet in. It's a volunteer organization. That's what the Republican Party is. I'm not in love with the Republican Party. I'm in love with the fact that it's my only tool that I can use to change the outcome of the elections. And the best way to help change the outcome of the elections is by becoming a precinct committeeman where you live. That's my message. Well, I think you've made a very compelling case, and um, I'm glad that you laid that all out. And again, if we want to find out more, we go to your website, which is uh, give us precinctstrategy.com. Racingstrategy.com, very straightforward. Thank you so much, Dan Schultz, for breaking that down for us and um, for inspiring us to take more action and quit quit complaining. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what we've got to do. We're Americans. We've got to take our republic back. Thanks. Yep, you bet. Thank you, Dan Schultz. So a good reminder from him um, about how to get involved. And obviously, if you take those steps, you go to thepricingstrategy.com and figure out what the commitment level is in your state, in your county, in your area. Then you can determine if you can carve out some time for that. But it does make a good point that we have got to quit talking and we've got to quit complaining. And um, I mean, it's important to share information. It's important to speak. Obviously, I'm sitting here talking to you, but it's also important to take action, showing up at the school board meetings, finding out who you can get involved. And I, I'm glad that we were able to talk about this discontent with party politics because I definitely don't like the two party system. I don't like it's like that it's Republican versus Democrat. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you want to make a difference, you know, um, he said it comes down to socialist or capitalist, pick a team that way and then go in and and make it 
make it where you need it to be. Like be the presence, be the change that you want to see. It's like so cliche, the be the change you want to see in the world. <laughs> but um, that's what it comes down to. I am going to get back to your uh, phone calls for this last segment. So if you've been waiting, thank you for waiting. I also want to cover these trucker protests because the mainstream media is ignoring them. So we'll cover some of that coming up. And um, also what's happening continues to happen in the schools, the bullying in the schools and things like that um, did happen to see from Gateway Pundit that that Merrick Garland's DOJ quietly dismissed charges against 31 violent Antifa terrorists. Well, 40 January Sixers rot in prison over a year now with no rights. Important to keep that message out as well. We don't want to forget about those that are suffering, that are under political prison right now can talk about that um but uh we'll get back to your phone calls after this break and in the meantime continue to support the cause continue to support infowars and forestore.com well here we are in the year 2022 and infowars is now more important than it's ever been we are truly in the zeitgeist i want to thank you all for keeping us on the air and i want to encourage you to take advantage of a true win-win situation or a 360 win as i've called it at infowarsstore.com get high quality supplements that make your body healthier, make you happier, and then defend your body with your immune system against outside attackers. Ladies and gentlemen, multivitamins are the way to go, but so many of them are synthetic. Our multivitamin whole food system is one of the best quality multivitamin systems you're going to find. But regardless of whether you get it from us or somebody else, research that it's a whole food multivitamin and get it for you and your family, especially old folks, children, Everybody needs it, but especially old folks. Also, we have vitamin C and zinc with rose hips. It's also back in stock. It's at 40% off. Both these are available at InfoWorkStore.com, and BrainForce Plus is back in stock as well at 40% off. The scientific dictatorship that I've been warning you about for 27 years has now gone from beta testing to operational. The globalists are out in the open with their planetary depopulation takeover, their robot takeover. But the good news is we've been working and you've been working and others have been working across the planet for decades to get ready for this, to be able to fight it off. Humanity is strong. We're incredible. And if we're aware of the attack that's happening, we have a real chance of defeating it. If we ask God for guidance, we will defeat it. So prayer is essential, research is essential, getting prepared is essential, and warning others is absolutely essential. And at the same time, supporting InfoWars by buying high-quality products to keep us on air is essential because they're great products for you and your family, and they're also funding our operation. InfoWarsStore.com. InfoWarsStore.com is incredible. A lot of our products that have been sold out because the supply chain breakdowns are back in, like Bodies, Vasobeats, and others. So get them today at InfoWarsStore.com, and I thank you for being part of the resistance. The War Room. InfoWars.com forward slash show. Welcome back to the War Room. We are in the final segment of the second hour. We still got another hour to go, so don't go anywhere. I am going to get back to um, some of your phone calls, but just to finish out this whole election subject that we were talking about in this hour, um, we do not want to forget the 40 January 6th prisoners that are rotting in prison um, for basically trespassing. 
Uh, there's this article from the Gateway Pundit. It said in March of 2021, the Biden Department of Justice quietly dismissed charges against 31 violent Antifa terrorists who clashed with federal agents in 2020. And it reminds us that Black Lives Matter Antifa mobs caused over $1 billion in damages in cities across America in 2020. In Minneapolis alone, Black Lives Matter mobs damaged or destroyed over 1,500 businesses or buildings. Over 700 police officers were injured in the BLM riots. Yet they have tried repeatedly to uh, blame injuries and deaths of police officers on January 6th. to those that are rotting in, in prison, but they were never able to do that. The only person that verifiably died, according to authorities, was Ashley Babbitt, who was killed by a Capitol Police officer. So they've continued to twist the narrative, and it, it's so much evidence, this inequitable justice system. We have to do something about it. Um, will these people that basically trespassed continue to rot in jail? It, it's It's so sick, and like we talked about, we can't lose hope. We can't just bow out. We have to get involved in to in the election. I mean, if if you're worried about the election results, then do what you can. Get involved in those meetings. Show up, you know, and try and make a difference. Um, in the first hour, we were talking largely about the Defeat the Mandates DC event and all of the bombshells that have come out against uh, or, or from that. We continue to have other things come out, like the Daily Mail says a truck crash involving the transportation of around 100 monkeys lab has sparked infection fears. So a driver who stopped to help when a truck was carrying 100 lab monkeys crashed in Pennsylvania and put her hand in one of the cages. So she now has a cough and pink eye after one of the the monkeys there hissed in her face. And this happened in Philadelphia. And there might even be one still missing. But um, while the Daily Mail covers this story, it, it fails to ask, like, what were the lab monkeys doing in that truck? Where were they headed? For what lab facility? What are they testing with these monkeys? They encouraged her to to um, get treatment, to watch her symptoms. But um, if we're paying for this, if, if we as the taxpayers are paying for this, why don't we get to know exactly what tests are being done and and how much of a danger the rest of us are in of that uh of those mandates and everything the only thing that we heard about the the 30,000 plus that showed up in DC to express their concerns was 2 minutes out of the speech where Robert F Kennedy Jr was making comparisons to the holocaust particularly Anne Frank um and that is what the media clung on to that's how they demonized the whole event is 2 minutes out of 25 minute speech um, ignoring all of the other bombshells that came out, was asking if it was a fair, a fair criticism to uh, find that offensive. Um, some of you have been waiting to weigh in on this, and I'll I'll be picking another topic for the next hour. But let's um, get back to your phone calls of those that have been waiting to weigh in. Douglas from California, you're on the air. Good day. How are you, Christy? Good. How are you? You're hanging up. You're still hanging I'm, in there in California. I don't know how you're doing it. It's yes, crazy out there. <laughs> I still got. I still got my no sign on the house. Good. I talked to you about six months. Yes, ago. Yes, you did. And it creates controversy. I bet. <laughs> but uh, I stand by it. Um, absolutely, we need to reference Nuremberg. I mean, what are we going to do? Call it Nuremberg Light? You know, <laughs> tastes great less filling, what kind of sale are they going to put on us here? Um, 
Nuremberg is not just about the trial. Nuremberg is where the Nazis started. And uh, we have to cut it off before they get too far with what they're doing. So to reference it from our history books, it's okay. To reference the holodomer of Ukraine is okay. These were atrocities and these are atrocious people. Absolutely. We have to learn from our history. We can't forget. I mean, what's the, what's the point if we're not going to learn from it? We're not going to be able to bring it back up and make these comparisons. Um, so, yeah, I, and I, I appreciate that you're doing your part with that no on your house out there in California. You're a brave soul yourself. But um, thank you for weighing in. I think it's an important topic so that we know how to approach these these arguments, Douglas. Um, and now we're going to uh, try and go to someone that disagrees. <laughs> Let's go to Patty in Boston. You're saying that this is not comparable to the Holocaust. Absolutely not comparable to the Holocaust. And I think that you should be ashamed of yourself for even comparing it to the Holocaust. Me I think personally? That, I, I I posed the yeah, question, Yeah, I think you personally. Patty. Hey, 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 shut the... You know, I, come on, let me talk. If I am always up for discussion, but you can't curse on the air, so please hold your back. If you I if did, you want to make your point respectfully, that is always encouraged. Now make your point and do it without insults because that is what the other side does. Just make your point, back it up with evidence. Go ahead. Look, what I'm saying is that you have provided absolutely no evidence that this violates the Nuremberg Codes, which if you paid any attention you would understand that there is no comparison to the Nuremberg Codes and people, you know, uh, saying you have to wear a mask or get vaccinated to go into a business. So I want you to tell me exactly how this is a violation of the Nuremberg Codes, dummy. He couldn't resist the insults, always with the insults. Patty, what about informed consent? We are—we don't even have all of the data of what's in this vaccine, yet they're mandating it for you to live, essentially. To work, to eat, to travel is what they want to do. So where where is the freedom in that? And, and, and where is the informed consent? Do you know what's in the vaccines? Can you tell me what's in the vaccines, Patty? Yes, I can, because it's on the CDC website. It is not listed out. There, there's still people asking for the information. But you can continue to believe that, Patty, and you can continue to rat out your neighbors and that don't agree or that won't wear the masks. But some of us are concerned about the direction that this country is headed. I encourage you to do your research and find out what is in the Nuremberg Code because it sounds like you're, you need to uh, get apprised of that information and also become aware of what's in the in the vaccines because there's still people that do not know. Let's go to Gene in Georgia. Gene, you're on there. Hello, Christy. Hello. I'll call you Christine Christ. God bless you, Owen, Harrison, you know, Alex. I mean, what truth y'all brought to uh, people and um, God's children are just searching for such not so much biblical. They are searching for biblical truth, but just what's really going on in the world. And um, it's a good thing. That last caller, those kind of people I pray for the most. The man. Yeah, we have to. I mean, we have to let them speak. It's just like they can't help themselves, but always with having to throw in the insults. Go ahead and make your case. Ask your questions. But why do you have to, to throw the insults? I don't. 
I didn't call him any names. I, it's insane to me. It's a, it's always the fallback. It is. It, it is. There's, there's so much diversity. There's so much uh, like our children being taught with racism. There's so much, you know, and, and that's not what God is. There, there's a lot of evil in this world. And, and until we understand that, uh, Christy, the, I mean, it's just not it's, it's not that complicated. There's evil in this world. Like Alex says a lot. We're fighting. We're fighting a spiritual war here. Oh, it's absolutely a spiritual war on, on all fronts. I mean, and that's why I started with today's verse from Philippians about pressing on because we have to continue to press on. I mean, they are attacking our children in the schools. They're trying to indoctrinate them. They are, it's just from all sides. They're trying to threaten our, our ability to, to work, our ability to share information. We can't eat, we're, we're getting censored left and right. Gosh, if you heard the, the testimonies of those doctors at the Senate hearing, it was heartbreaking. They couldn't even uphold their Hippocratic oath to treat their patients because they were constantly getting threats about their medical licenses being taken away. Christy, I'll tell you, I got to tell you, um, we're going to win in the end. There's no doubt about that. They're coming hard at us. They're, 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 they are coming after the Christians. I mean, it's just the way it's written. We can't help it. It's the way God's word is written to us. They're coming after us. And, and I mean, and we got to stand strong and, and, you know, and, and stand for, stand for what's right. Stand for what's, you know, a good and, you know, not, stand for what's good, not evil. We can't, we can't have our children, you know, we can't have transgenders and our children's. We got our children. It's, it's like the days of Sodom and Gomorrah. If you think the tyranny over. and oppression we're living under now is bad, wait till they've got their world <laughs> ID in. And that's exactly what the COVID passports are all about. And Klaus Schwab and the UN and all that's the other okay. global no. leaders. Oh, why are, are you putting that there. on there? <laughs> once they've got you in that system, oh then they're going to carbon tax you everywhere you go and track what you do. And publicly, they're saying they're going to decide when you can travel and when you can't travel. And MasterCard and all the other big companies are currently announcing they're going to track what you do and where you go and tax you with a carbon tax for it. This is the holy grail of tyranny, ladies and gentlemen. This is the takeover. And humanity better wake up and say no. Finally, folks are starting to wake up. Joe Rogan, Tucker Carlson, and others are leading the charge along with InfoWars. But it's not enough. Every individual has to not comply. And we have to talk about bringing the globalists to justice. You see, they need the fear of God put in them legally and lawfully.